Hey people, welcome to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. I'm Chris Hatfield, aka Not Another Sales Guy. I'm a sales coach and consultant who works with coaches, business owners, and people in the world of sales who want to become more comfortable and confident in selling in their own natural human way. If you're enjoying the podcast episodes and would like to access some great free resources linked to the podcast series through the monthly newsletter, which also includes podcast extracts and news on upcoming masterminds, live streams and events, then you can email me chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com. That's chris.hatfield at notanothersalesguy.com and quote, let's do this. This episode of Not Another Sales Podcast is brought to you by Mindful Talent, a global coaching organization that trains aspiring coaches and innovative leaders. Their programs, The Trusted Coach and The Trusted Leader, are founded on the principles of mindfulness and developed in alignment with contemporary neuroscience, offering a globally recognized coaching qualification that is accredited by the Association for Coaching. Their online blended learning program has qualified hundreds of participants around the world, helping them to gain an edge in life and in business by increasing their emotional and social intelligence and their ability to connect with others. If you're interested in training with this incredible organization, which I would highly recommend, then you can visit their website and use my personalized URL code to gain 10% off any of their programs. www.mindfultalent.coach That's www.mindfultalent.coach and reference my code, not another sales. And now, on with the episode. In today's episode, I'm joined by founder of Thrive, serial entrepreneur Cole Hatter and Cole and I are going to be talking all about what is your impact. We're going to start by talking about what we mean by making an impact, why making a conscious effort to do so matters to people, what mistakes people make when attempting this and how you can begin to be more intentional and mindful with the impact you make. Cole also shares his life-changing story, what he values and how he's intentionally looking to make an impact every single day. So sit back, grab a pen and pad and enjoy. Cole, welcome. How are you doing? I'm great, bro. How are you? Yeah, really well, thanks. Thanks for joining me on an episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Stoked to be here, bro. Appreciate it. Great, great. And uh, Cole, for the for the people tuning in, I'm sure there's not many of them that don't know who you are, it would be great to, to get a bit of an overview and a bit of a story to start off with, really. Sure. So my journey into... I guess what I'm doing now professionally is an interesting one. I actually wanted to be a firefighter and was a firefighter immediately after school. I graduated high school and got into the academy and got hired by, you know, living my dream life, doing the dream job. Got in a car accident that put me in a wheelchair for a while. And uh, we didn't know how well physically I would recover. I had a traumatic brain injury. And again, I was in a wheelchair and just really banged up. Um, The accident was so bad, I actually had to be uh, taken away from the scene of the accident in a helicopter and rushed to the hospital. So long story mm. short, I didn't know if I'd ever physically be capable of being a firefighter again. So that's where I turned to entrepreneurship and originally began my career in real estate. And I started a real estate investment business at 21 years old that I still run to today, 13 years later. It's the longest running business I own. And I realized pretty quick since kind of the context of this call of sales that as a 21-year-old, trying to get a 55-year-old to sell me their house, I needed to improve my sales game, right? And it's yeah. interesting. A lot of people assume that sales, or, or they focus on the sales of like you selling someone something. But for me, 
my sales career started off with getting other people to sell me their house. If that makes sense. Like I had to, I had to sell a homeowner two or three times my age wanting to sell me their house. If that makes sense. So I was like to get people to sell me stuff. Uh, and that's where it really began. And so I did, you know, my real estate business did very well there. lost everything in the recession, moved to Mexico, kind of went into like a phase of trying to figure myself out Ended up moving home from Mexico, restarting my businesses in real estate investing again, which I still own to this day, and then started a few others. And then where, you know, specific to sales, where that really has been something I've profited from is I'm, a, I'm also a professional speaker. I've been on stage for over 5,000 hours and have sold over $100 million from stage. So every dollar I've ever earned in my entrepreneurial career is selling something, whether it's my e-commerce store, whether it's my real estate business, or whether it's my professional speaking career or even Thrive, uh, I, I host a three-day business conference called Thrive, and I have to sell tickets. I have to sell sponsors, right? So so I, everything I do, every dollar I earn is from sales and in a variety of industries from real estate to e-commerce to digital marketing to actual physical events like Thrive. And uh, that's been my journey, man. So had a great start, lost it all in the recession, and then had an even better comeback. And uh, so now I run those three different businesses, and I'm um, just living the dream here in SoCal, bro. Great, great. Thank you for sharing that that overview. And and for me, having followed you for probably nearly nine, ten months now, um, what's really struck me, and you, you mentioned a couple of times there, is that everything that you've been involved in, I don't think you're just going there to compete. You're going there to win, and you're going there to make a difference. And when I was thinking about um, uh, this topic around, you know, what is your impact? You were the kind of person that I was drawn towards, thinking I really want to get. Cole's opinion on this because he's kind of a living, breathing example because we can get quite caught up in the world of, of sales or in, in, in life in general, just very focused on our output. But it's kind of sometimes how often are we questioning the overall impact we're having in our life or in our career or our own business? And I think it'd be great to explore that a bit more with you. And I suppose, first of all, when you hear the word impact, what does impact mean to you? Yeah, totally. And, you know, I love your perspective on that. And so, um, you know, what I didn't mention is in that car accident that I was in, um, I lost my best friend. So I survived. He did not. And then I was in a separate second accident, 66 days later, where I lost my other best friend. So wow. I, at 21 years old, really learned how precious life is. Mm. And, you know, I went through a really ugly season of depression and things like that. And at the end of the day, what I realized is, you know, we all assume we're going to get our 90 years of life and that's not promised. And when we die, we don't get to take any of our stuff with us. We've heard this a thousand times. I'd heard it a thousand times, but it wasn't until I lived it that it actually mattered. If that makes sense? Like everyone always says, oh, you know, today's a gift. You know, nobody's promised tomorrow, whatever it is, right? But you hear all that stuff, but it doesn't mean anything until you are saying goodbye to your best friends in accents that you were in and should have died. And then it's like, oh my gosh, life really is precious. Like I didn't almost die a couple of times. I actually lost people in those accents, right? And, mm. you know, that was 14 years ago. And, and I, I would do anything to get them back. But what I decided to make that mean to me, instead of being a victim and complaining like, oh my gosh, my life is terrible. You know, I lost these people. I just said, okay, for whatever reason, I was given more time. So I have to make this matter. And, you know, I'm currently recording this in my dream home. I drive my dream car. So I, you know, I of course enjoy my life, but I know that none of that matters. You know, how many square feet are in my house or how many horsepowers in my car, nobody actually cares about it's what I do in the, in the world that makes an impact in other people's lives that matter. And 
regardless of spiritual or religious beliefs, you know, we can all agree we do die. Now, whether you get reincarnated and come back or go to heaven or just die and that's the end of it, whatever, you know, that's a conversation. But universally, we'll all agree we die. And so at our funerals, nobody's going to stand around talking about how big our homes were, how nice our vacations were, or how lovely our cars were. Uh-huh. The only thing that people are going to talk about is the meaningful impact we made in their lives for the time that we had, period. And so I started off with a lot of volunteer work, and I ended up starting my own orphanage in Mexico. And then I realized pretty quickly, okay, like I can volunteer, and that's great. But if I had more money, I could do more than volunteer. I could actually buy the land that this orphanage is on and build them a second building. Instead of volunteering at a soup kitchen, I could fund this for the next year. And so I started realizing that money doesn't make you a better person at all. But if you're a good person, money gives you more options to do good other than just volunteering your time. And so, you know, I'm always clear to say your net worth has nothing to do with your human worth. However, if I found a person and helped them make an extra million dollars a year, what more options they would have to do good is incredible. And so that's really been my journey. I mean, I'm condensing what was 13 years down into a one minute response, but just through living life, I realized that I want to make as much money as I can in my businesses, but not for the sake of just buying stuff for the Mm. sake of the impact in the world my businesses can now make. And if I continue to become more and more profitable and have more and more liquidity, then there's even that many more things I can do, right? We're building houses a lot right now, or excuse me, we're building houses in Mexico. We're building schools with pencils of promise around the world. I want to get to the point where I can build hospitals and that's going to take millions and I'm not there yet. So that's my goal is not to get another Lamborghini, but to be able to build hospitals, right? Or mm. more orphanages around the world. And so again, you know, that's, that's me. And for some people listening to this, they could be like, Oh, you know, not me. I'm more into the Lambos or whatever, but being as close to death as I was, it's where you start to really appreciate how precious life is. And that you, this is your one shot. You know, Gary Vaynerchuk talks a lot about this is your one at bat. I don't want to bunt. I don't want to hope for a walk. I want to swing for the freaking fences. And so Mm. that's kind of my journey right there, bro. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And you know what, what rings true throughout that, as you say, is having that greater purpose in life um, beyond the kind of materialistic things or the things that society makes us feel like are important sometimes. And actually looking beyond that, which you've been able to do. And it kind of leads me into what I was going to ask you actually afterwards is other than this kind of greater purpose, you mentioned about people might be listening to this thinking, oh, you know, I just want to drive nice cars. I want to buy a nice house. I want to live in a dream country. What else do you think makes people have a conscious positive impact um, in terms of what they're doing versus the people who just want to get by? Like, what is it that drives them mentally, do you think? Yeah, so for what I've seen for people, because I get that question a lot, like, Cole, you had a near-death experience that's been kind of your motivation to get to the level of success you've had and get the mindset you have. Mm. But for people out there that haven't almost died, et cetera, like what's it? And to be honest, I think everybody arrives at this point. There's new money and then there's old money. I see people like I have a mastermind, right? And, I, and I've had people enroll in my mastermind who were like barely scraping by. And then over the course of the year of mentoring them and watching their career blossom, they now are making a lot of money, right? And online, they're posted pictures of their new shoes that are $2,000 and their new purses and their new cars and all that stuff. But what I've found is that once the newness of having money wears out and the thrill of buying your dream car is fun, like you'll never not have fun, but it's not as exciting as it was when you first started making money, if that makes sense. Everybody kind of circles back around to make impact. I've 
extremely blessed to have some friends who are extremely well off. You know, even some friends that are multi-billionaires like Naveen Jain is a good friend of mine. Um, and we were just at his house hanging out and we spent the day on his $30 million yacht and then went into his $40 million house. He lives three doors down from Bill Gates. Like, you know, Bill Gates, he had, there's two neighbors and then Naveen Jain, right? Mm-hmm. And his whole life is about impact now. He's made so much money that money and stuff doesn't excite him. It's about impact. And now he's an extreme example of being a multi-billionaire. But uh, again, just, just when, when I look at my friends who have been making a lot of money for a while, they kind of circle back around to, okay, I've had money long enough to be an idiot and blow it on dumb stuff to realize that that didn't give me the thrills or the fulfillment that I was promised from rap videos and Kardashian reality TV and all that stuff. And, yeah. and they, they always circle back around. So I would just tell people that are new money that are like, dude, you're crazy. I don't want to give money away. I want to go get another. I want to be like Ty Lopez. I want two Lambos, two Rolls Royces and a Ferrari. Right. And I would just say, Hey, like that's new money mentality. I don't know very many people, if any at all, I'd have to really think about it that have been making great money for a long time that are still obsessed with the monetary gain and are more obsessed of the legacy and giving back. So Again, a long answer. I learned that the hard way by almost dying a few times. Mm. But even friends of mine I know that haven't gone through the experiences I went through come to the same conclusion, some sooner than others, that, okay, I've been making great money and blowing it on stuff. I'm ready to make a difference. And so, again, I I don't know that going through that season, that there's any other way to come to that conclusion. But I would just caution your audience that the world has sold you this idea that the more stuff you have, the happier you'll be. But at the end of the day, if that was true, then every single person with stuff would be happy. Mm -hmm. So I know a lot of people who are rich and miserable, but I know a lot of people that are rich and fulfilled. Let's go back to Naveen Jain, the multi-billionaire that lives by Bill Gates and has his yacht. He's rich and has all kinds. He has a Ferrari. He has all kinds of crap, but he finds his sense of self-worth as being a father to his three awesome children an amazing husband to his wife and the businesses he's now running and self-funding that are going to change the world. And so I always say, Hey, live your dream life guilt free because you're making a bigger impact. If your dream life is spending a million dollars a year on yourself, that's like basically a hundred thousand a month of discretionary income to blow on anything you want. There's really nothing in the world you can't do. You might not own a private jet, but you can certainly charter one anywhere you want to go. You might not own a hotel, but you could stay in the penthouse of any hotel if you're making a hundred grand a month to just blow on yourself. So I tell people, if that's your dream life, cool. Then go make $2 million a year, live your dream life guilt-free and give half your money away. Now, when you're staying in a penthouse and flying a private jet, you don't have to be guilty because you've spent that much money on your orphanage or ending human trafficking or providing clean water to people in third world countries or whatever it is that makes your heart happy. So. Mm. Uh, you know, I encourage people to get as rich as you possibly can and run extremely successful businesses, take care of your life, but then, you know, make sure you're giving back because if all you're doing is consuming, there's never enough stuff to fill that hole in your heart that we are wired from the beginning of man to want to be significant and impact and leave a legacy period. It's the way we're designed. It's like all of us want to feel important. All of us want to matter. And having a Lamborghini doesn't make you feel as important as funding an orphanage where these children literally won't live without your money, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And that point there, I've heard you mention it a few times around um, by being able to buy happiness, money can buy happiness when you yeah. when you link it to what you were talking about there. When I first read that, I was like, well, 
well, hang on a minute, what does this mean? And then when I read about it, I was like, actually, do you know what? It makes complete sense. Like you say, you can live guilt-free, but you can also give something back and you're therefore providing a greater meaning to the world and a greater purpose while fulfilling your own at the same time. Totally. Um, and I think as well, one thing you mentioned earlier on when you were in that, that car accident and unfortunately you, know, you lost your best friend and one a few weeks later, you, you could quite easily become the victim of that and let life victimize you. And I think for me, one of the other things that uh, inspires people to make a conscious effort to uh, make an impact within their lives is wanting to take control of their life, not feeling constrained by their environment, whether it's how they've grown up, the, the surroundings, whether they how they've seen their parents struggle or personal struggle within themselves. That in itself can make them feel like there is a greater meaning to, to life than just getting by, really. Sure. Yeah, totally. And as you guys can tell, obviously, I'm, I'm pretty passionate about this stuff. And this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. Mm. But yeah, um, again, some people like me specifically have to learn this the hard way. And I want everyone to know I'm not special. I did it the wrong way. So after my accidents, when I was no longer a firefighter and became an entrepreneur, I blew all my money. And, and I don't say this to brag. I'm saying this to talk about how ridiculous my priorities were but by like my 25th birthday i was already on my third cadillac escalate because you gotta have an escalate i owned a hundred thousand dollar wakeboard boat and i was renting not owning renting like a multi-million dollar house on the sand on the beach here where i live in southern california newport beach like like you open my sliding door and take 10 steps and you're on the sand literally so i had panoramic ocean views and i was spending so much money again that sounds like i'm bragging let me get to the point I spent all my money. And then when the recession came, I had to move out of that house because I couldn't afford it. I had to give my Escalade away on a website called swapalease.com, which we have here in America, where you literally can put your lease up for grabs and somebody just assumes your lease, right? Like I had to get rid of everything. And then I was broke. And I was like, what a waste that while I had money, all I did was buy crap and blow it on myself. And now that all the stuff is gone, all the money I made was literally meaningless. What if along the way, instead, I would have spent some of that money on stuff that actually matters? And like, although I lost my car and I couldn't rent that house anymore, I could at least reflect back and say, yeah, but I did help that sixth grade class have enough money to buy after school sports equipment so that these kids who are in the inner city can actually play because they got basketballs and soccer. So, you know, I'm broke, but at least those kids are still going to benefit. And at least, you know, I wrote the check for the next year in advance to pay for all the food at the local soup kitchen. And at least I built a couple of schools with pencil of promise in Africa. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. I had nothing, I had nothing to show for the success that I'd had briefly. It was brief success. It was, you know, like 21 to 25. And then, like I said, I lost it all in the recession, but in that brief success I had, I had no value in it other than I bought crap that was now all gone because I couldn't afford to keep it. And mm-hmm. so, again, I, I hope that didn't sound like I'm trying to brag about my stuff. I was no, an idiot. Sure. Yeah, I, I was an idiot with where I was spending my money. Just total, total idiot. And so, again, when I'm talking about this realization I have and how I run my businesses now about giving back and being generous, I want everyone listening to this to know it's because I went the wrong way first. I did the new money thing. I was a firefighter making $42,000 a year and then started flipping real estate where we were making hundred grand a deal. 42,000 a year to a hundred grand a deal. I went nuts and blew it all. So if anybody's out there feeling like I'm calling you out, just know it's because I've been there. And again, uh, through my own life experiences, I came to the conclusion that 
buy your dream life. Like I said, I'm not asking everyone to work their butts off and then live in poverty because you give all your money away. But just remember that money can't buy happiness was to your what to what you said a second ago. If your happiness is in your cars, your boats, your homes, etc., you'll never be able to buy it. But if your happiness is an impact and giving back and significance, then you really can buy your happiness because you're going to be investing your money into things that matter to you. For me, I'm about human rights. That's what makes me passionate. So I think every human should have clean water. I think that that should be a basic human right. So I do clean water projects. I think every human should have education. I think that no human shouldn't have a mentor. So I partner with Pencils of Promise to build schools. I think that every human should be free. And a lot of people here think that slavery ended. Uh, it did not end. It is There are more human slaves on earth today than ever before. It's just very different. I think that every human should have freedom. So we work with women and children who are victims of human trafficking. So my whole thing that gets me excited is human rights, not civil rights like voting and marrying the person you love. That's important too, but human rights is what I fight for. But the person listening to this, it might really bother you the rate that we're polluting our environment. It might piss you off that we lose an acre of rainforest every hour. So maybe you want to make an impact in our environment. Or you might be an animal lover and it pisses you off the way that animals are treated at shelters. And if you could help fund those shelters, they could keep those animals alive long enough to get adopted as opposed to being put to sleep. So, you know, each person has their own passion. But what I would promise you is if you figure out what your passion is and you work your butt off in your business and you help fund those type of initiatives, then you really will be buying your happiness because you will be able at the end of the year to say, hey, we had a record-breaking year. We've made more money than we ever have. And we saved 10,000 acres in the rainforest because our company exists, or we saved a thousand animals, or we saved 150 women who were slaves and gave them their freedom, whatever it is that gets you excited. And then you are buying your happiness with money. And so anyway, that's just been my own experience. Yeah, absolutely. And, and from all of that, I suppose you've mentioned it a few times really, is that greater fulfillment in life. It's that, that higher purpose. And I think as well, when you're consciously making an impact or looking to make a positive impact in the world you're living life more intentionally as well you're yep. because you have a purpose you're more fixated on not living life by accident not waking up by accident not being successful by accident but by doing that in itself and being intentional in those things it can stem through other parts and you know by working with charities or doing whatever you're passionate about it can in turn then fuel your own business because you're being intentional overall rather than just in certain pockets Mm -hmm. you kind of get clearer in terms of if i'm successful how was i successful or if it didn't work how did it not work and if i'm going to make a positive impact how does that make me feel and how do i make myself feel like that consistently so that i'm consciously operating to my best performance every single day right and i talk a lot about a bunch of different topics you know a lot of people like listening to podcasts for actionable items like you want me to teach you how to convert higher in your sales or you know whatever it is and that's all good, but I, I just really caution the audience. Like, you can continue to only invest in skill sets and business that create mm -hmm. more income and be the richest person on earth. But if you haven't figured out along the way that possessions don't create happiness, you know, Tony Robbins, his quote is uh, the secret to living is giving. And it's like, it almost sounds cliche or like Hallmark cards because you hear it so much. Uh, you know, they say Christmas is a season of giving, all that stuff. You know, it's better to give than receive. You hear it all. But like until you live it, it, it's almost like it just you ignore it, right? Because you hear it so much. But you're yeah. hearing it from people that have experienced it. And so, so that's why I love teaching on this topic. It's like, hey, go make money 
invest in that personal development to get skill sets to grow your business, sell more, convert higher, etc. But at what, like, for what point? Like, mm-hmm. you know, there's there's always the Joneses, you know. I mean, even Naveen Jain, he has a $30 million yacht. Well, a few doors down is Bill Gates, and Bill Gates' partner, Paul Allen, who I think recently passed, had a $180 million yacht called the Octopus. So even Naveen Jain looks at his gorgeous 110-foot yacht compared to Paul Allen's. It's, his looks like a freaking toy that my child would play <laughs> with in a bathtub. So it's like, it doesn't matter what level you get to, someone's got more. And so yeah. if your identity and your happiness is in your stuff, you could be a multi-billionaire like Naveen Jain and literally feel like a loser because all of your stuff is nothing compared to the other billionaires, if that makes sense. So the, at the end of the day, if your identity is in your stuff, you're going to be freaking chasing the wind. But if your identity is an impact and you have stuff and that's cool, but your identity is in your impact and you're fighting to build more or give more or do more, again, you'll have a better sense of fulfillment. So I, I, I mean, I, I could ramp on this all day long, but, but yeah, uh, I hope well, that you, they, can, the, you can definitely sense the, the passion coming through. Hence why, as I said at the start, you know, I, I really wanted to, to get your perspective on it. And I think, you know, it's very clear for, from, from me just speaking to you now, and I'm sure the listeners as well. Um, I suppose on the flip side as well, then with making an impact, what mistakes do you see people make or what should people look to avoid when they're, when they're looking to make an so one mistake people do is they give money to charities that they haven't vetted. I've done this as well. There was this charity that promised they were helping teenagers struggling with suicide and all that nonsense. And I supported them and I put my name out there to, you know, to, to get them exposure. And, uh, turns out the guy just creates videos and that's it and spends all the money through the charity to like buy himself cheaps and put mods on it. And point is none of the money we were donating to this guy was actually helping kids. He was just creating videos and giving it to the kids and spending all the money on himself. So screw that guy, right? And there's unfortunately a lot of people out there like that. So what I would say is, number one, one mistake people make that I've made myself is you're like, all right, Cole, I like this. I'm going to partner up with the Red Cross. And then you realize that only like 6% of the money you give the Red Cross, I don't know what it is, but a small portion of what you give to the Red Cross actually goes to impact. The rest goes towards salaries. And there are literally nonprofits out there where the CEOs are making millions of dollars a year. Like, why does a CEO of a nonprofit need to make millions of dollars a year, right? Yeah. And so I would say one thing is if you're going to partner with a charity that I see people make mistakes and often is to not do their due diligence and to make sure that there's full transparency. I've mentioned Pencils of Promise a few times. Um, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll use them. They have their MTRs. I get an MTR email every month. It stands for monthly transparency report. And every single month they send me an email showing every dollar that they were donated that month and where those dollars went. That's what I'm talking about. MTRs, monthly transparency reports. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Claire's Place Foundation. And again, knowing that family very well and knowing that they all are volunteers and every dollar donated to Claire's Place, which helps uh, families who have children with cystic fibrosis, uh, cystic fibrosis, which is a terrible disease that some children are born with, uh, where you essentially drown in your own bodily fluids. Like, you know, mm. it's, it's a very sad disease. Your lungs eventually fill up with water and, uh, or I should say your bodily fluids. And it's just, it sucks, dude. And so we're passionate about that. Every dollar you donate goes towards the cause. The entire staff of Claire's Place work for free on volunteer. So the point is, number one, pick your charities that you partner with carefully audit them make sure that they're transparent that would be number one 
Uh, another mistake I see people make uh, who are wanting to make their businesses more for purpose, I would say is, is in their marketing being very gimmicky or cle- uh, So like, let me make, let me give an example. Uh, I partner with a nonprofit in Mexico that builds houses for homeless families. I actually lived in Mexico, like I said earlier, and that's what I did. I worked with this organization. So I know they're legit because I was actually on staff and worked for them. And my dad and I, we buy, fix and flip real estate here in America and every, for every house we flip, we give a house away in Mexico, right? It's the one for one, like Tom's shoes, mm-hmm. right? And it's in our branding that we're a for purpose business and that for every house we flip in the US, we give a house away in Mexico. And that's as far as we go. Some people take it too far, and make it gimmicky. Like they're not about the cause, they're just using that in their marketing narrative and in their message to try to look cool, to try to get more market share and grab consumer attention. But at the end yeah. of the day, their hearts aren't really behind the message. They're just doing it for the unique branding messaging. And I think that that's really sad too. Like only give because you want to. And if you think I'm crazy, then don't give at all. But don't give to try to finagle customers and doing business with you when at the end of the day, you're not actually passionate about making the impact in the world with the organization that you're supporting. So I would say that's another mistake too, is that people try to make it gimmicky. Like, why should you do business with me and not my competition? Because for every time you buy this, I give someone a sweater or whatever it is. Mm. And they end up just looking like douchebags. So I would say that's another mistake too, that fewer, like rarely and fewer between, but some people are, don't really care about the impact and they're literally just in it to, you know, to be a gimmick, right? So I would say that's another mistake. Yeah, I think that comes down to ulterior motives, doesn't it, as well? Yeah, exactly. um, I think, you know, when I was thinking about this, when I I see some of the mistakes I think people make from, uh, you know, multi-million company to to individuals is that, and I spoke about this with a previous guest of mine, his name's John Sane, and he talks about every human being in deep-rooted psychology looks for three things, attention, acceptance, and approval. And you're either giving it or looking for it. And I think people, when they make the mistake of trying to make an impact is they sometimes go looking for attention, acceptance and approval, as you said there, around mm-hmm. grabbing consumer attention. But what you should really be doing when you're looking to make an impact is how do you give attention, acceptance and approval to those around you, to those you're looking to make an impact with and on. Who, me personally? Yes. So how do I give approval? I would just uh, kind of like the, the conversation that we're having right now, like, it's really about the heart. And, you know, I would never presume to tell people what to do with their money or their lives. I can only just share my own experience. So like, you know, as I'm harping on this and being somewhat aggressive, right? Like for the listener out there right now, I'm not trying to tell you what to do with your life. I'm just trying to save you wasting the time that I wasted to come to this realization in my life, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, and so again, you can write me off as an idiot and even shoot me a DM telling me I'm a total donkey. I'll be okay with that. <laughs> but, but for those that take me serious um, and try it again, it's universal giving back and make an impact. So I think your question was like, how do I support or encourage those that are doing it that aren't gimmicky to like continue it, man. It's just, it's just challenging people to try it. Like I challenge you to take whatever percentage you can, even if it's 1% of your sales and set it aside until it's accumulated to enough and let's just say you're in a you know you're in a startup and you're only making a hundred grand a year, and so setting one percent aside is only a thousand bucks. Cool. Then for Christmas this year, I challenge you to spend that entire thousand dollars making care packages of socks, deodorant, toothbrush, toothpaste, um, sh- spray shampoo, 
and go to your local homeless community with these care packages that you spent $1,000 on. That will make hundreds of them, by the way. And go give hundreds of these care pair, like cosmetic care pair, care <laughs> packages of cosmetic bags, essentially, to your homeless community and see how you feel. Just try it. This is how I'd encourage them. i say, just try it. And if you literally can leave a day of serving and passing out, again, sticks of deodorant, socks, clean underwear, sh- uh, spray shampoo. It's like it's like almost like hairspray, but it's shampoo. And just these little care packages to your local community. And you feel worse off than A, I've never met a human on earth like you, and B, stop doing it. But the encouragement I give to people is just try it. Yeah, Just give it a shot and see how it feels in your freaking soul to just be a good person and give back. And then if you like it, well, then flirt with the idea of somehow making it more intentional on a part of your brand. But so, so that's it. I always just challenge people, do it once. Tell me how you feel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and to add to that as well, I think um, it's, it's finding out what, what you're passionate about, not just the meaning, but maybe it might be a craft or a skill that you have. So for example, here in London, there's a guy that's a barber and his way of giving back is that he will go out and cut uh, homeless people's hair on a Friday evening and just go you know to London. And because that's I've, his passion, he's putting it into practice. Totally. I've seen a YouTube video. I don't know if it's the same guy, but I've seen a guy on YouTube. His video went viral of like him documenting a day of doing that. And mm. that's so cool. Of See, and you know what? I'm glad you brought that up because I've been kind of focusing more. I'm going to interrupt you. I apologize. I've been focusing more on like the monetary, like make money and give money back. But your skill set's equally important. Yeah. I mean, a friend of mine's a part of Doctors Without Borders. So here in America, he's a doctor, but he travels internationally to give care for free in communities that don't have local health care. And he's, you know, doing things as minor as putting band-aids on cuts to as major as fixing broken bones and doing surgeries, right? So it's like when you acquire a skill set, like in that case, the guy wasn't born cutting hair. He obviously went to barber school or cosmetology school or wherever to learn how to cut hair and make makes a living out of it, you know, doing in his barber shop or in his hair salon but now gets to for free go and do it to the homeless community to help clean them up, make them feel confident because a lot of self-image is our outward appearance. It's just the way that our society works. And so to give a homeless person a makeover essentially can maybe give them the confidence to get back on their feet again. So Mm. I I mean, I I appreciate you bringing that up because I also should say for those of you that might be in a very tight financial position or have a skill set that is valuable with people like cutting hair is to the homeless – then yes, if you do that, that's equally as important to, to be able to give back in that way. And so again, I don't know if it's the same guy. Actually, I think the video I watched was in India. I think he was in India. But bottom line is I watched a video, very emotional on YouTube, of a guy bathing and doing beard trims and cutting the hair of the homeless community wherever he was located. And the before and after, like you see a guy that's got like dreadlocks and a beard down to his belly button. Mm. And at the end, he's got like a nice manicured beard and like a sick fade haircut like has a beautiful <laughs> haircut and just the before and afters are so cool and you know it's, it's cool so anyway i i love what you said there and that's another thing to point out to your listeners is you know you can try i just talked about having little care packages for the homeless do you know what else you could do with the homeless community just go hang out with them mm-hmm. just go look them in the eye and have a conversation with them because so much of society looks down upon homelessness and that's really sad because these are people that maybe are having a mental illness or just really down on their luck. And, you know, when I lived in San Diego, California, I would just skateboard around and sit on my skateboard and just chat with them for a few minutes like they were you, like we're doing now, about life and about what it is they're up to and their story. Like, how did you end up homeless? What happened? A lot of them are veterans, you know, that, that just 
struggle with PTSD from fighting in wars and seeing what they see. And they just, you know, they struggle with that. So they can't keep a job. And these are men and women who fought for my freedom, who are now outcast being shunned and, you know, looked down upon because they're the homeless and their stories and who they were in the military is why I have the freedoms I have today. So spending 15 minutes of talking to them as an equal can even be more impactful than giving them a pair of clean socks, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And it's also being mindful as you, as what you talked about before, when you're doing this is having the right motives and intentions for it, not doing it because you want to post about it on your Instagram story or tweet about it or, you know, get X amount of likes, but doing it because you want to give back and you want to do this with your skill, with your talent to be able to help someone mm-hmm. essentially without thinking about what's this going to make me look like or how am I going to look from this? Yep, absolutely. 100%. Great. And I suppose for, for you, Cole, throughout this this journey of, of what you've been on, it certainly sounds like a journey. I mean, like is to everyone, but you particularly have a one with a number of pivotal moments, I suppose. What do you think is the biggest thing you've learned about yourself along the way? Um... Biggest thing I've learned about myself, I'm purpose driven. I'm not profit driven. You know, I, I run several businesses and they're all multiple seven figure businesses. That's not my income. That's what they generate. Right. Um, but I make enough to do well. Right. So, Mm -hmm. but it's not about the money. Like I like money. I like going to Vegas and enjoying myself. Right. I like having nice cars. I love living in a nice home. So, so I like money. But that's not my driver. That's not my dominant motive of what makes me work so hard. I've got to be purpose-driven. And not just about the philanthropy, but my businesses have to do things that matter, like Thrive, my three-day event. I work so hard on that because 1,200 attendees come and have their lives changed forever. And so even though Thrive itself is a for-purpose business and we give money back to charity, et cetera, the work that it takes to put on an event is miserable. If I would have known that ahead of time, I would have never gotten into the (laughs) event space I freaking hate events. I hate them. But for Thrive specifically, it's 362 days of work for three days of reward. And those three days are so rewarding, it makes the 362 days of work worth it because of the stories. I mean, I literally get messages from people at this event that say that they were suicidal and that they had come to the conclusion that they were going to die and for whatever reason came to Thrive and have now found a reason to live again like we're talking about the biggest, most rewarding feedback you can ever have, ever. It's cool to hear people say, cool, I'm going to make so much money because of this. Thank you. But to hear people say they had given up hope and that they weren't even going to live anymore, but now I found a reason to live again, hell yeah, bro, for mm. sure. And so for me, what I've to answer your question, what I've learned about myself is I've got to be purpose-driven. You know, Thrive makes me money. And that's important. I couldn't do it if it cost me money every year. That wouldn't be a self-sustaining business, right? But so, so the money matters. Don't think I'm just out here trying to be a philanthropist and not actually turn a profit. I need to make a profit to pay for my life. I got kids. I got a wife. I got a life, right? But that being said, for me to work this hard, there's got to be purpose. So I'm very purpose-driven. And that's what I've learned about myself is that if you put me in a situation to just make money, I'm going to struggle. But if I can make money and impact, I'm going to thrive. Yeah. Absolutely. And this doesn't necessarily have to relate to what we've been talking about today, but is there any other advice that you'd want to share with the listeners who are tuning in? Um, Again, not having necessarily to relate to making an impact, but something that's worked for you or that you really focus on that's a key driver. Yeah. um, You know, this is an old school one, but it popped in my mind first. Always have a mentor and always be a mentor. Um, For whatever reason, I do the best 
when I'm actively learning and teaching, something about me mentoring others really makes me refine my game and make sure I'm on point. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people out there already understand the value of hiring a coach or going to live events or investing in personal development. And that's important. You know, I don't really need to pitch that. If they're listening to this podcast, they're all about growth, right? But I would encourage also, in addition to consuming content and personally growing, figure out a way to be able to mentor others in some capacity. And something about that completed cycle of learning and then teaching uh, being given and then giving, it, it makes me refine my skills and be a better operator, first of all. But second of all, again, back to, back to the impact, it, it makes you feel better too. So I would give your listeners the advice of, hey, you're listening to podcasts like this? Awesome. I'm going to imagine that because you listen to podcasts like this, you're also reading books. Awesome. You're probably going to live events. You might even have a business coach. Awesome. The question I would then pose to your listeners is, what are you doing for someone else? And... Uh, not even like you owe it to the world, but selfishly, the more you give back, like the better, again, the better it makes you at what you're teaching. Like, it, mm-hmm. I, I don't know how, I'm a real estate investor and I teach real estate investing and me having to teach it makes me a better practitioner doing it, if that makes sense. So, yeah. you know, I would give that advice to always find someone who's ahead of you to mentor you, find someone who's not yet where you're at to mentor also. Yeah, and I think that's what comes down to that. And it's something I've talked about a lot, actually, when you're looking to mentor people. Is particularly in this day and age, it doesn't have to be a face-to-face. It could be a YouTube channel. It could be a blog. It could be Instagram. But don't be afraid to share your opinion because that's all that everyone else is doing in the world is sharing their opinion. So don't feel like yours is any less valued than someone else. If you believe in what you're doing and you feel like you've got some value to add, go and share it because there's going to be someone out there that's going to resonate with that. I agree. And, you know, that's a good point too. As far as finding a mentor, a lot of people DM me all the time, like, Cole, you know, what about me? I can't afford a coach. And a lot of who I consider my mentors are men or women who died before I was even born. Like, Mm. I've learned a lot about how I operate my business from Henry Ford, from his various quotes and the way that he was a disruptor in the automotive. You know, people think he invented the automobile. He did not. He was the first person in the United States to use the assembly line to manufacture automobiles. But when you look at how he was a major disruptor in the automotive industry in the early 1900s when he, when he launched the Model T and seeing his thought process and how he managed his business, I've learned a ton. He died way before I was born. So number one, you could be mentored by people who have died way a long time ago. And then number two, people who are still actively living like Tony Robbins or Elon Musk or people who you just can't get access to. They're putting out so much free content that you really can be mentored by basically anyone. And then to your point, that being said, you too can mentor basically anybody because by putting it out on social media and the internet, et cetera, people out there who live in Australia, yet you live in China or whatever, like people who would never meet you are being mentored by you as well. So Mm. I I think the term mentorship, a lot of people mistaken as a paid like contract signed, like I'm giving you 10,000 a month and you're giving me a call a week, like actual paid mentorships. And those exist of course as well. Uh, But mentorship can be much broader than you think. And I've learned a ton from people that aren't even alive anymore. So, uh, so a from learning from those, but then B training those too. keep in mind that anyone can stumble across your content. Mm, Yeah. And just don't underestimate the impact and, and the opinion that you can have something that you might take for granted that comes quite naturally. You share that. And that could be the game changer for someone and how they live their life or how they approach their business or how they think about things. Yep, totally. 
great. Well, Cole, it's been a real pleasure today. Thank you so much for, for your stories and, and your insights. I mean, I, just from listening to you, I've, I've learned a lot and got a lot of good points and ideas from it as well. Yeah, absolutely, man. My pleasure. And yeah, it was just a final takeaway, man, for, for your audience. I guess the two things I would tell, I would challenge you guys to do within the next two weeks so that you didn't just listen to this and waste your time is try giving back in some way, see how that feels mm-hmm. and try mentoring someone else and see what that does to you and your business. Great. And for people wanting to, to stay up to date in your world, Cole, if they're not already, how can they find you across the platforms? Yeah. Uh, just find me on social media at Cole Hatter. That's all of them. That's Instagram. It's Facebook. Just at Cole Hatter. That's Twitter. That's everything. Snapchat at Cole Hatter. And then uh, as far as websites, I can just go to attendthrive.com. That's really the only website I use. That's my live event. And that's, uh, that's my whole vision right there. Great. Well, thank you again, Cole. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah. Thanks for having me, bro. Appreciate it. You're welcome. And for the listeners, thanks for tuning into another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. Hey, people. Thanks for listening to another episode of Not Another Sales Podcast. If you want to stay up to date with the latest episodes and posts, you can find me on Instagram, Not Another Sales Guy, underscore in each of those words. You can also find the podcast on all major platforms by typing Not Another Sales Podcast. And also, if you want to connect with me on LinkedIn, I go by the name of Chris Hatfield. So thanks again and stay tuned for another episode.